I mean, you got the like your center of gravity is probably up in your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I can't take it. I can't take it. Oh no. <laughs> so, or it's high. It's relatively high. Yeah. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Yes. And we always say this, but damn, damn Skippy, wherever that came from, we got a good one for you. We do. I do. So we're going to make the intro short and quick. Uh, So three things I want to hit on. Number one. Go for it. Patreon. Please help us deliver on delivering value to other people. Yes. So sign up, support us, so we can support others. Every time you say that, I think tequila. There, I have to. I have to break that mental connection. Maybe we should make that a thing. Maybe I don't know. Let's I, do I just let's. Do I just that. can't help it. Number two. Number two, the network, Agile Podcast Network. We're seeing really great uh, results. Are we? Yeah. A lot of people are having like record days. No way. As a. We, we think it's a part of the network. You, so Yes. We actually had our, our, our busiest day ever. Metacast? Yeah. Are and we dominating the known universe? I, right? Absolutely. I, I believe that's what that means. Oh, my God. Yes, we've done it. Oh, my God. And it wasn't just us. It was other members of, no, of the network are it's a seeing Let's say team. numbers go up. Uh, part, so, of, yeah. part of the podcast team. Part of the, yeah, part of the team. So it's really exciting. We're really excited. So and, it's number two. Right. And we just started. So, But we're excited. It seems to be going well. Get excited with us. Get the word out. Yes. Come on. So S- Spread it like a virus. <laughs> we're like a disease. We are that's, the Medicast. That's not a good get in, connotation in it's flu not. season. Get in. Get in. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> okay number so three. Number three and the third and final point. Um, prior to recording, Bob threw out a challenge to me. And we're going to find a way to make this happen. We might need to get some help or maybe we'll do something special. Some, some somewhere, charity Somewhere, events, somehow. Somewhere, somehow. We're looking for you to help with the ideas. But what, what, what was the challenge, Josh? Bob challenged uh, actually it wasn't even a challenge it was a statement it was a statement that if we were both in sumo suits that bob would dominate me i would knock him on his on his round rotund sumo butt. my keister on his sumo keister because yeah. you're wrapped in there it. is no way no way you would knock me down even with my bad knees and my cane yeah I, i'm telling I, you I, dude we need to, i am not going to do this without a signed letter from your wife because I, I don't, I don't want to get blamed so, when you. So, metacasters, it's on my, it's been on my, the back of my mind, bucket list for years, to get into a sumo outfit and to joust. That's fine, but I'm the wrong folks. guy to do that. With. No, no, you, I can take you, Bob. I, Josh, I am a rolling boulder of devastation that will destroy you. This is a bad idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you should not do this. <laughs> So, Metacasters, oh, picture. If you know what we look like, look on LinkedIn, oh, find yeah. a picture of us, then wrap us in one of those blow-up sumo outfits and picture us pummeling each other. 
for charity. Josh pummeling Bob. No, I'm, t- I'm telling you, you, you're not giving me credit. You are not giving, I can outfeist to you. You're not giving me credit, the fact that I was trained to move people. You're, you're, <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm discounting that. <laughs> maybe I've forgotten that. <laughs> for a living, yes. There was a period yeah. in my life where that was that D- was yeah. And Division One yeah. football, guys a lot bigger and stronger than you. Uh well, we still got to do it. Okay, damn right. straight. Okay. Okay. We'll get a okay. signed letter from. So, Metacasters, get on board. Yeah. Get on board the sumo train. We don't know what that means yet, but get on board. Get on board. Give yeah. us some feedback. Are you with us? Yes. So, on to the episode. On to the episode. Take care, everyone. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. I'm Bob Perky. Bob, uh, cheap shot Bob Galen. Oh, and that was an, oh, okay. So cheap shot Bob Galen was a cheap shot. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, prior to us starting this, you took two really cheap shots. To at what? Me. To what? what and they I? weren't even low. Like one was like you swung as high as you could and made fun of my unusually large cranium. Yes. <laughs> it was there. What's, it was there. I face it every every Medicast. All right. Okay. All right. I look it in the eye. I'm just the gloves are off. That's fine. The gloves are off. Let's I'm not f- going to hold back. Uh, have you been holding back all these years? Maybe a little. All right. Then then let it go. Okay. Let loosen the belt. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> go ahead. Loosen the okay. belt. Okay. Take the suspenders off. Sort of get get frisky. Okay. Come all on. Right. All right. So Medicasters, uh, the topic today is. Um, the Oreo cookie, the the uh, white filling, no, the frozen middle, no, the what? Do you, he's. I just, have no idea what you're doing. We were going to talk about leadership. Right? Yeah, we we're yeah. going to talk about. But you lost me when you started going down the Oreo cookie route. It's the middle. The middle. The middle. Middle management. Middle management. Right. Uh, sometimes people call. I've been uh, maybe in the last three, two, three, four weeks. Uh, no specific client, but I've been as I've been out and about, people have been talking about the frozen, or I've been talking about too, the frozen middle. Mm-hmm. And the frozen middle is organizationally, it's uh, you have the C level folks, so CIOs, CTOs, CFOs, and then you have the team, and the middle is everything in between. Right. Titles, people, leadership is there, management is certainly there, project management is there. And what in the frozen part of it is, you know, the teams are moving, uh, but the managers aren't moving, and the teams are bouncing against that frozen middle, which doesn't change. And the question is, how do we how do we change that as coaches, or how do we attack that, or are there are there positive? I'm not. I don't want to pick on them, so I don't. I don't think it's a useful metacast if we just berate them for an hour or right. thirty minutes. But um, how do we move them? How do we talk to them? And what are some of the patterns? Even, you know, sometimes we can get them to change, get people to change if we highlight the things that they're doing badly. So uh, let's let's have some Medicast, you know, sort of advice around the frozen middle. Yeah. Oh, what do you you want to kick it off? Yeah. So this is something we're actually going through in our growth pattern. So when we started, um, I was the director of software engineering, and that was it. All the software engineers reported to me. So there were engineers, and there were me. Um, as we've grown, um, I'm, I'm so that was a big frozen middle. Yeah, Bob. Okay. I'm saying there was no middle. No, there was a middle. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> there was a middle. 
<laughs> so over the two and a half years I've been here, we've grown. So there's now me, I'm the VP. We have two directors and engineering managers are now beginning to fill in because we were getting to the point where we actually have a director that had 24 direct reports. And that just wasn't effective for anybody, especially the engineers. They weren't getting the care and feeding that, that they need. So now we're starting to inject more of the middle. So the middle here, the dude, number one, is starting to become a thing, is becoming more official and is going to get larger, right? The middle is going to get larger. Um, so that's been the growth that we've been going through. And we've had some interesting discussions on what an engineering manager does here and where they focus. Cause you have agile coaches and you have directors and you have architects and, and what's the right way for all of those roles to interact. Um, and in thinking about this episode driving in this morning, what I default to is I default to the sum of the parts are really what matters. So getting management to really work and focus on leveling up the engineers and helping each engineer get better. And as you collectively grow those people, the whole gets stronger. So that would be an area of focus for them. Is to, So part of coaching or moving the frozen middle is... Let's talk about pre and post agile. Mm-hmm. So pre agile, you worked on the you worked on the people, but maybe you worked through HR. It was an ancillary thing. It was an ancillary. No one admitted it. No one walked around the hallways saying people didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was about the projects. It was about the dates. It was about like forced overtime. You've been forced to work overtime mm-hmm. when it was very, very uncomfortable and then excessive overtime or sort of death marches. Mm-hmm. I think I think managers in those cases, they while they acknowledge the people, it's the business dynamics are, are so much more important than the people, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll drive that. And it's fact that they view their job as driving the team through to that success. For right, the and the people become a commodity. Exactly. Right, and so that, to so me, that's, a, that's the... That's the flip is that the people are the commodity in the old model, whereas now you focus on being a servant leader and you build, grow, hire, retain really smart people and almost, not completely, almost get out of the way and let great people do great things right? without becoming the bottleneck. And, and even the planning becomes not commoditized, but it's like, like – so – you hire good people, you engage good people, you empower them, you prioritize their work, and to your point that you get out of their way. And, and if they're motivated, and th- if you've done your job, and if they're doing their job, then whatever they produce is the most they can produce anyway. Mm-hmm. right? So then you manage to that capacity healthily. So there is no sort of incessant pushing. You know what I mean? There's no, like you're behind, old language was you're behind schedule implication being you have mm-hmm. to catch up somehow right and i think in the in in the agile world i, I try not to use that notion of behind schedule we're not behind schedule we may need to pivot differently mm-hmm. we may need to adapt we may need to change the priority of something so that's part of that mindset right but part of the problem that i see a lot of people do is they is they go 180 degrees with that so they so then there there is nothing Folks feel like, oh, I can't say, hey, I think we should do better. Whereas one of the things that I've done in the past couple of months, I've had really good feedback is challenge people, challenge teams. Say, hey, listen, I think we can do better. And he, and it's not specific about a specific date or specific goal or specific anything. But it's like, 
challenging people with we want to be great. So that's an add-on to what we're talking about. So instead of telling people and pushing, you're pulling them along with you with vision. Mm-hmm. And it's a demanding vision. It's, yeah. it's, not a, it's sort of not a loose vision or an easy vision. I think that's leadership to me. That's visionating. Mm-hmm. That's, that's challenging. You just made up a word. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but it's, a, it's what your coaches did. I, and, and I'm not trying to accept this is not jokingly bringing football in. Well, I plan on bringing it, yeah. But I think, I think coaches, they, I mean, they, they set the bar up. And they're not quite sure if you can hit it or not, mm-hmm. but they want you to stretch. They, right. You know, wh- why why aspire to mediocrity, right? Not why why not aspire to greatness based on you? What what your greatness is? I think good coaches have that. They have that bar, that individual bar mm-hmm. that is a stretch, but it's a potent, it's a possible stretch right. for you as a tight end. Uh, and then there's a different stretch for different you know folks who have different physical capabilities and stuff. I think good coaches do things like that, bringing that to software. I think that is your job to stretch uh, and and to pound people in the back and to walk around. So that's one of the shifts. That's that frozen middle shift that we w- we want to make. And I think coaches, external coaches, can point that out, and they can also coach the middle to do more of that. I, I wanted to bring up reorgs. I'm seeing a pattern lately where where old managers solve problems with organizational structures, and I'm getting scarred a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. But but it's like. If, if something's not working well, we reorg. And then two months later, if it's not working well, yeah. we reorg again. I mean, you see it in the Raleigh area a lot. There's, And these are agile companies. Right. These so, are leaders in agile companies who look at their job as saying, you know, I'm there to assess the landscape. And I, and, and one of my major ways, to, my major responses to fix things is to restructure things and, and create another org chart or create teams and things like that. Right, but to bring that back, to, to me what that is, is you're not addressing the problem. Right? To me that goes back to things that I've said in the past of it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. Right? Which is, it's about the people, right? And do you have the right people? And the way you organize the people doesn't solve the problem. It just shifts the problem and gives you some sort of hope that, oh, maybe now if we shape them like this, you know, it's like saying, oh, now if in football, let's play shotgun the whole time. And that's going to make our quarterback faster. It doesn't make the quarterback faster. It doesn't do anything. It just shifts things around. You're just yep. moving players yep. around. You aren't solving the core problem. Well, one of the things I did the other day, I was coaching someone the other day and they had just and I, I probably wasn't that kind about it, but they had just done, and I'm, I'm intimate with this organization, and they probably in the last year had three or four or five reorgs, and they had just done another one, and they were saying, oh, they were really bullish about this one because they're like, we have a new, we have new leadership and development, and they have different experiences. Mm-hmm. So we've crafted like a component team model. And, a, you know, so we've aligned differently organizationally and aligned better towards our product lines and our, and our infrastructure layering and stuff. And I was like, did you ask the teams for, you know, did you get any feedback from the teams? And it's like, no, no, no. We're, 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 the language that we're using is like, we just need to roll this out. We need to, right, we just need to communicate it. So it was, we thought deep thoughts We've structured the teams, and now we have to sell it to them mm. and convince them to just operate in that. And that, that to me, is a pre-activity. The post that I want, I'm not saying leaders can't create structure. You've done that here, I mm-hmm. think. But it's like, how do you engage the teams to be participative? 
I hope I'm making sense, right? And and how do you, and, and and honestly participative, like mm-hmm. say, hey, I have this org structure idea. Yeah. What do you all think? And right. then listen deeply to the teams. And if they come up with a different idea that you think has merit, well, then change your thinking. Mm-hmm. So they become a partner instead of so old old view would be. You know, old frozen middle would be we. You know, in my infinite wisdom, I structure. You know, I know how to structure things. Uh, po- in in agile, don't do that. Right, and to me, it's a lot like a framework. Right, there is no one silver bullet that solves every problem. An org structure that works for one company isn't going to blindly work at another company. Spotify. That's something that we use a lot here, but we don't just stamp out Spotify here. Right, we 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 put the shell in place and we iterate on it and we figure out what works for us and what doesn't and we peel parts off. We put some new pieces on, but that's an engaging thing that we as leaders work with the people that are in those every day, working through those chapters and the squads and everything that goes along with that of saying, okay, what doesn't work for you? Now, the thing that we, again, I talked about sometimes the middle over rotates on things and puts too much. And is hands off. So I like to spin your brain. Right. So there, 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 there was a period where we were too hands off. Right. And we were expecting the engineers to do everything. Correct. Without any guidance and figured out. We didn't allow them to have focus to be successful on any one thing. We said, okay, we're agile. We're going to be servant leaders, but we didn't actually serve anything. We just tried to serve by getting out of the way. Right. Right. So then what we realized is we need to let these folks focus on what they're best at and what they're really enjoying doing let's help them facilitate and let's work through discovering the right answer right together yeah i mean one way to challenge you would be and not to challenge you but it's and i know the answer to this i just want to hear you say it but if any team member walks up to you thoughtfully about spotify structures and says i have a better idea or i'm really struggling with this notion Mm -hmm. and i have an idea for a change or i have an idea for you know sort of an experiment or a try are you going to just ignore them, or are you going to at least think about what they're yeah, saying? Yeah, we don't have any sacred anything, nothing sacred here. And that's one thing that um, from the start I've always – and that's one of those things that that transition because of classic middle, that classic middle where there have been times throughout my career and probably the past six years where someone has come to me with that and say, hey, we have this problem. What do you think we should do? And my first response is, what do you think? Right. And a lot of people, because of places they've been, they don't know how to react. Correct. Because they've never been empowered to answer that yeah. question. Or maybe they've tried to answer it. And it didn't matter that they tried to answer it as well. I'm the boss, so I know better. Yep. Um, so it's turning around and getting them thinking because in reality, they're closer to it than I am. Now but, I'm going to help them solve it. But you're also an aggregator. Yeah. So you're, you're going to hear, let's say, over the course of a sprint, you might hear 10 voices. Right. So you're, you have your pattern recognition going on as well. Mm-hmm. So if they're the 10th voice, you might like, that might be the ticker for you, and they're like, yeah, we have a problem. Right. So stuff like that happens. I go to, to our directors or to the coaches, like, hey, we have a problem. I'm seeing this. And most of the time, I'm like, yep, we're on it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Good. Yep. But there's times where I have to step in and say, okay, listen, I'm seeing and hearing this. I was just sitting with a squad for two or three sprints, and there's this undercurrent of something going on, and we need to address that. Right. And most of the times, they're on it because they're really good at their job. Other times, we're just spread too thin. Right. You know, And I'm just lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. And then we say, okay, so now let's address this. What's yep. the right way to tackle yep. that? Now, you've talked about several times – in, and you're right, and I'm glad you're bringing it up, but you, you've talked about you can twist too far. Yeah. In my experience, 
I've seen that, and I've seen it in my own teams, actually. So I've seen folks twist too far, but it's rare. Mm -hmm. What I see mostly from the frozen middle is folks don't adapt to agility at all. Yeah. Right? So, and I've seen, to me, it usually is one of of those and seldom it ends up in the middle which is where it needs to be that's all i'm identifying is maybe it's an 80 20 where 80 percent of the time folks are not adapting and and crossing the middle effectively uh then there's maybe 20 percent of the folks that have crossed it too far right or something or even less than that but it's that sort of a ratio so i and i i see the 80 percent a lot uh i wanted to to me the biggest problem is there aren't many good models to go and see how to do it well. People have a lot of experience in orgs where the middle is the classic way. And folks want to get out of that, but they don't know how to get out of that. There's no model for them to follow or or it's the other extreme, right? So it's like we talk about when folks go, go agile, like we're not going to document anything or we're not going to plan anything, right? So, right. so so folks take bits and pieces and go too far with it. Correct. And then you end up with that. You're on these two divergent ends of the spectrum where you need to be somewhere in the middle. But the problem is there's not enough good models and things out there that explain this is how you do it well. Right. Well, and part of it is even changing the drive. So very often the frozen middle is it's being driven by upper level leaders and even themselves uh, having the same old behaviors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I remember I'll use this story to make the point years ago at EMC, we, uh, the culture at EMC was every manager, director, VP, uh, we were, they were incredibly technical. Uh, so if you were directing 200 people in development, mm-hmm. it was fair for me as your vice president to ask you what was Harry coding that day. And if you said, and if you really didn't know what Harry was coding, almost lines of code, but yep. coding, you were in trouble mm-hmm. with me. You lost, I'm like... That's happened to me, yeah. You, you, you went down three notches in my mind. Uh, and or if you use language like I'll check with the team, mm-hmm. right? It was like I might not say it, but I'm like Josh. What do you mean, Chef? You're supposed to know what everyone's doing, and and you and technically, right? And I'm not talking about like bytes of code, but yeah. re- really low level. So our status meetings were always, you know, every manager would be like micromanaging so that they had all the data. So what would that create culturally? That was the expectation. Mm-hmm. So and and it's actually there. That's terrible management style. So mm-hmm. that's driving. That's culturally anti-agile, right? And anyone who behaved, it was funny. The people who were actually the good leaders, who were empowering and delegating, they were looked at as terrible leaders. Yeah. But if you want to flip that around, you, you have to flip. You can't just the middle can't just always change itself. It's a very often it's a top-down thing or it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So part of unfreezing and part of making that shift is teaming. You know what I mean? In cultural, right? So it feels like they're stuck between we're trying to empower the engineers, but somebody upstream is squeezing them, right? Right? Because I I have been in those meetings where we were talking about sizing, yeah, and I was asked why is this sizing five days instead of three, and right. I said because Susie said it was so. Like, no, you need to know why. You Exa- need to be able to So that's a that perfect down. case of what I'm talking right. about. And I fired right back. No, I don't. These people do it every day. They know better than I do. They know better than you do. Whether you want to admit it, they know better than you do. So you're trying to coach that middle or, or you know, sort of uh, soften that middle mm-hmm. by example or change the culture. Right. And that is part of that, that trickle-down culture. So it's the middle is sort of a reflection 
of of what leadership yeah. and norms and expectations. Right, because uh, that's where the pressure comes from. That's where the pressure, absolutely, or yeah. whatever the expectations come from. And I tried, I, I tried to change EMC, but then eventually I realized, I, you know, again, it, it wasn't it wasn't good or bad. That was what they were, mm-hmm. but it it was to me, it didn't align with my leadership style. Right. Uh, like I refused, maybe probably like you do. I yeah. refused to go, go around and micromanage everyone every day to yeah. the point where they had to send me emails, or I looked at their code, or I looked at their check-in, so I could answer these questions mm-hmm. and be infinitely ready. So right. I, I j- eventually, walked, you know, voted with my feet. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's one of the drivers. Anything else in the frozen middle that you're thinking about? How do we how do we coach so, it? How do we move it? There's a couple things that I just want to make a couple points on is i don't think this is software specific right this isn't software development this is this is just this is work problems right well i don't think it's related to i'm trying to say is it a church do the boy scouts suffer from this uh does people do farmers in a field suffer from this i would say no I would say it's like business hierarchy, yeah. you know. So any organ organizational hierarchy, right, uh, suf- would suffer from this, right? So John Deere, yeah, tractor makers, probably, you know, so suffers probably if they were going to do a change, they would suffer from that. Uh, is that your point? Yeah, just just that I think we get software focused people that listen yeah, to this and yeah. we often attack problems from, from from the software side, but I think part of the problem we have is that. Our culture, and I can only speak for the American culture because I don't, I haven't been to that many other countries. I've been lucky enough to go to a few, but I've never had the opportunity to work there for a long time and really understand how that culture is driven. But our culture and the way industry grew here fostered that. And so now we are trying to drive these changes in this little corner when in reality it needs to happen in many directions. What's that Tayloristic? It's sort of hierarchical, organi- it's old management yeah. sort of strategies and philosophies versus newer, like network-based, so hierarchical strategies versus what more network, more empowered-based mm-hmm. structures, and they're, they're more conducive to agile. Um, I was going to, I had a train of thought and I just lost it. Uh, you were going to make any other points? Yeah, the other thing is that I, and I know I default to sports a lot, but I think going to football and the reason i go back to that is they were agile before there was agile because it was game day every week and you had a new opponent you had to prepare and how do you organize a group of 100 people to deliver a good product on a sunday and i look at the position coaches that i had and the position coaches i had their whole job in life was to get their players better and each player had it just like you said a different bar so one of the things that i really liked is um, they said, we're going to treat you fair, but not equal. Exactly. Everybody had a different bar that they were trying to chase to. So if you, as a manager, can think like that and look at the folks that you're supporting, that you're, again, the thing that I try and get folks to think about is you need to level up your individuals. And when you level up each individual, the whole group gets better. So if you think about a football team, if you get every position coach making all of their linebackers better and then all of their linemen better and all of their secondary better, you get them all better at their craft and working together, then that whole defense is going to be better. Right. But you have to have people focused on, on telling people the truth, the things they need to hear, 
to get better. Because there's oftentimes people don't want to have the hard discussion to help them hear and be challenged and help them stretch and reach that higher bar that maybe they don't think that they can reach. Well, I mean, extending that, it's, let's talk about the coaches. So when I was at Eye Contact, I worked really hard. So I had a frozen or it was a melting middle. And, and part of it was melting. It was just, it was a, it was a change. It was training. It was an experience. Mm-hmm. And everyone brought, I hired new managers. So everyone brought their, brought their baggage and their history with them. And we were trying to recreate the middle and make it more agile and make mm-hmm. it more consistent. And one of the things we did is we tried to create a leadership team. Yeah. Uh, call that maybe the assistant coaches. Yeah. So we wanted the assistant coaches to be all, to challenge each other. I spent a lot of time visioning I, I spent less time over time visioning to the team, and I spent more time visioning to that middle leadership level of what goodness looked like to them, mm-hmm. what excellence looked like, what care and feeding for the team. I also tried to be there to situationally coach them. So if someone swooped in, I remember one of them uh, who will remain nameless, but uh, the scrum masters uh, always called it, you know, he, scr- he swooped in today, yeah. and he started telling the team what to do. Uh, I would situationally coach him. Uh, so we would look at those swoop instances, and not all of them was he wrong. It goes back to your point, right? Sometimes sometimes actually the right answer is to swoop in, mm-hmm. but he was swooping in every time. Right. So he was doing it excessively, and he needed someone to help him figure out when. When is it roughly appropriate and when is it inappropriate? Yeah. And after a few of those situations, he started to get his own sense, his own compass, and that, I think that's that compass coaching that has to happen. Uh, so part of the middle is having someone who can do that. Now, if you don't have someone, I think that's part of it staying yeah. frozen. And it doesn't have to be an external coach. It could be, it could be an internal coach or it yeah. could be an internal leader to do that. Any reactions to yeah, that? So actually, I had a really good discussion with somebody today about guardrails. And that's a term I like to use is the guardrails need to be at the right width. They can't be too tight where you can't, you can't let the car go, right? But yep. they can't be too wide where they're going to drive off a cliff. Yep. Right? You've got to figure out for each person what the guardrails are. And you, and you keep widening them until you get to that point. But you have to continue to test and try and figure out what the guardrails are. And, and, and think about that. Am I squeezing these folks too tight? Am I slowing them down? by squeezing the guardrails to where they can't run like they can. Right. So that's the, that's the analogy that we always use here is, is, is find the guardrails at the right width and build them and test them, right? You've got to test them and, and, and loosen it and say, oh my gosh, are they running faster? Or are they running slower since I made it a little bit wider? But you have to experiment. The other thing, I, I lost my train of thought earlier, and I, I, I hear this a lot, and I'd like to hear your reaction. So I encounter clients or potential clients all the time most of them profess to me, and I'm not, they look at me as a grader or something, and they, one of the initial conversations is, how agile am I? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm, I get very uncomfortable with those discussions. I don't like them. Yeah. But, but we, you know, we, we sort of, it's like a tennis ball. We bounce it back and forth, uh, uh, you know, a little bit uh, there. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Um, but measuring, I know where, so measuring output so saying you're agile means nothing. Mm-hmm. Saying you've read books. So the middle, so the middle saying they're agile means nothing. The, the, the middle going to a certification class to me means not nothing, but close to nothing. Having your behavior be behaving the way, 
right? So coaching your team, trust. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I'm agile. You can say, oh, I trust my team. Those are words. Mm I, I, we have to start measuring the middle, like the frozen nature of it, by its behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's an individual behavior. And then if we want to unfreeze it, we have to get, that, get to that situational coaching on that. So I, I'd like to value nothing matters but actually how you walk. Yeah. Any reactions to that? Yeah, and that's one of those things that's hard to, to view and to understand unless you – it's kind of like love, right? Like you know you're in love or you know you're not. Right? And you can't really put a put a definition of what that is or what that feeling is. And to me, it's kind of the same thing. So I revert back to behavioral metrics. Like, what are the things that, if you have a strong middle management layer, what are some measurables that that look like a healthy organization? Maybe turnovers low, or you do a happiness survey, or your three hundred and sixty feedbacks are good, or I don't know. I'm sure there's other things that are or out even, there. But or look even at management that. by walking around. Yeah. And saying trust. I remember at eye contact, and I've joked about this before, but if I had a dime for every time I said trust the team mm-hmm. in daily conversations, I mean walking through hallways, sitting in a meeting, uh, hiring people, yeah, uh, it was like trust the team, trust the team, trust the team. And I'm not, I'm not saying everyone had a big T untrustness, but it was really, really hard for people to let go yeah. and to trust their teams. And that was so I was coaching that behavior. I was looking for that behavior. And the, and the behavior I was seeing was untrust. Mm-hmm. And, not, and not, I wasn't going to fire anyone or anything like that. They were just, people were really uncomfortable. It's like, oh my God, we might miss a date because of that. Oh my God, we might do something crappy. Oh my, and I'm like, yeah. Or something good could really happen. Or, for or, or something good could really happen. Yeah. Or someone might learn something. Or, <laughs> yeah. And you might learn something, yeah. right? And you might learn that you can trust those people. And they might, they might God forbid, grow. The unknown isn't always bad. Right, exactly. So it's that behavior. So I think part of coaching the middle is, you know, don't give them books. Don't give them, I mean, books and classes and webinars are great. Uh, but really focus on are people getting it? That's what I'm trying to say. Are they be, are they getting it and are they walking it? Uh, and if they're not, then help them. I mean, the other thing I would say is not everyone, not every frozen middle, not every manager can handle that transition. So over the years, I've terminated people who could not, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've had the stupidity or the courage or whatever to after some period of time say, I'm not willing to jeopardize the team's for someone who's going to sort of not change their behavior. Yeah. And I've let people go. Yep. That actually was positive. Well, I, I, I think it was positive for them. I tried to help them. But it was positive for the organization because it, it, showed every, it showed the middle that we were serious about it. I think that's another part of unfreezing the middle is a lot of times folks are like, I, I don't know if they think you're serious. You know what I'm mean? It's mm-hmm. like, are they... Are they really? Again, it's the words, right? It's all words. People yeah. talk about it, but do the actions really follow up? Do the and actions follow, follow yeah. and does the follow through? So that's part of it is you have to sort of prove to people that, hey, we're, I'm, we're serious about this agile transformation, mm-hmm. right? And we're not, and we're patient, and we're going to be humane and patient, and we're going to be, you know, sort of individual with everyone. But at the end of the day, it's a transformation. And and it's about, and I, you know, sort of we value the team. It goes back to that original point. You know, it's, yeah. it's not about leaders anymore. It's about the team. It's mm-hmm. about the value they produce. Yep. Did we nail the middle? We did. You feel good about it? I do. Okay. I do. Well, you have the largest middle in the room, so I just wanted to confirm. That was a cheap shot, wasn't it? Yes. See? So I was, I, I, everybody, let's go back to the start. 
When I talked everything about it, comes it was cheap full, shot, Bob. Everything comes full circle. And you tried to play it off, and then you just validated everything I said. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to sort of connect the dots. Don't, don't, don't try and play that off like that was your intention. That was my intention. You just cheap shots. I'm. They, that's my middle name, cheap shot, Bob. The CSB be your middle name if it's in front of your first name. Oh my god. <laughs> God, I, I don't have a response to that. I don't. So, from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, this is a Metacast in the can. I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.